0: Welcome to The Barrel Banter, a show covering all things Milwaukee Brewers. From trades to signings, player analysis to game recaps, or discussing uniforms, ballpark food, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Peter and David Goh. Hello, Brewers fans. Welcome to The Barrel Banter. I am back, your host, Peter Goh, alongside David. David, we are, at least certainly I'm excited to be back. It's been like a month, I think, since uh, we recorded a a podcast episode. So it's great to be, be with you today.
1: Yeah, it's been four weeks, probably the longest break we've had since we started the podcast. We've gone pretty consistently throughout the off seasons. So I don't really remember a time where we've gone longer without it. And there's a lot to cover. Not really so much that we took a break because there was a lack of content, but more so that just we had certain life circumstances, a lot of things happening in your life, a lot in my life. So we had to to take a little bit of a break from it, but I'm excited to cover a number of topics, some controversial things that have happened with the Brewers, some big news items, and of course the Brewers reporting to spring training already this past week. So there is actually action happening. World Baseball Classic coming up soon. There's a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, there's a month. Like you said, month has gone by. A lot to talk about, and you're you're right. It wasn't it wasn't for a lack of lack of things to cover. Kind of the opposite. On. On the life circumstances I, I think between the two of us we there's maybe not quite in the last month but all related there's surgery start of a baseball season there's a new baby new house actually uh, for for those a uh, quick plug for our video are those that watch on video you can uh, check that out on spotify we'll be getting up our podcast too to youtube shortly but uh, i've i've got my new office so i've i haven't exactly got my uh, my props up but i'll, I'll shortly have a few good things uh, to put up as opposed to a, a blank white wall, which will actually serve me better than like the dining room table or whatever weird spot that my bedroom that I'd have to awkwardly record from. So that it, it, it'll it be good and I'll have to get to put up all my unnecessary baseball thing. Plus that, that pennant was actually given to my son, but he's less than a year. So I guess he doesn't mind if I steal it and put it in my office. Probably not. Don't tell, don't tell my mom okay. who listens to the podcast. All right. So, uh, David, we've got, like you said, we've got a lot to talk about. We'll of course be talking about the controversial Corbin Burns arbitration case. I'm excited to talk about that one. I've been waiting uh, since that came out to discuss that with you two signings in uh, Justin Wilson. And of course, Brian Anderson, like we said, it's been a while since we last talked. So those are uh, maybe a bit old, but I'm especially the Anderson one, I think it will be good to talk about and then updates on, Some injuries uh, as well. And like you said, World Baseball Classic coming up. Spring training already going on. Uh, We're really getting into the swing of things. The only thing I will say is I definitely missed Brewers on Deck. This is year three in a row that they haven't had it, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it? Yeah, yeah, three years in a row. Three years in a row and we missed 2020, right? So I think it's been five years now since we were at one. Yeah. Yeah. Sad day. Well, regardless, let's start the podcast off with today's Random Player of the Day, And then we'll follow that up with our first topic, like I said, Corbin Bird. So, David, who's our random player of the day today?
1: Today's random player of the day is Seth McClung. I had to pick him because his nephew, Mac, won the dunk contest on Saturday. Um, In fact, uh, he tweeted about Mac winning it. um, And I Photoshopped Mac McClung in a Brewer's uniform in my, my pretty poor Photoshop skills. But Seth McClung said it was the tweet of the day because I said hopefully next year at the dunk contest, that he would come out that Mac would come out in his in his Seth McClung's 73 Brewers uniform. Uh, that would that would make me very happy if if that happened. Uh, McClung pitched three years in Milwaukee, 07 to 09, and actually was was pretty solid. He was a swing man, had an ERA of 4-3-2 across 180 innings. Uh, his most notable outing was on September 26th of 08. Came in the bullpen or out of the bullpen in the sixth inning and threw four scoreless, six Ks and allowed just one hit against the Cubs. It was a must-win for the Brewers to stay alive in the postseason race. And McClung delivered when they needed him to. That kind of cemented his legacy as a cult hero, or or one of those random Brewers that has become beloved in 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 Brewers um, Brewers recent Brewers history. I'd say, and and really because of that game, he became a little bit more of a household name within the Brewers community. But a, a decent run with the Brewers and. '09 uh, was actually his last major league year, although he decided to uh, to make a comeback a couple of times and tried even as recently as 2014 with the Pirates to make it back.
0: He was also, in, in his time, if I recall right, uh, kind of a flamethrower out of the bullpen. He threw heat, I know, back in the day. I don't, I don't know exactly what, what that translated to. Was it 95, 96?
1: Yeah, he actually topped at 100 on hmm. one or more occasions. Yeah, usually he sat like 94 to 96, maybe 97. Uh, but he, what's interesting is when I watch old Seth McClung video, which I probably do more often than the average person, it's four-seam fastballs low in the zone, which you never see nowadays. Four-seam fastballs at that high of a velocity thrown intentionally low in the zone, uh, or, or almost never. So I wonder like, if, if he had this stuff now, what would he be? But then again there aren't really pitchers nowadays that thrive only because of velocity. Usually it's velocity and command or velocity and elite movement. And mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if McClung had elite movement or elite command, but it'd be interesting to see what kind of pitcher he'd be in, in now the modern game, even just 15 years after his, his career ended.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that is true that man. Yeah. 15 years. That's crazy. I, for a second, I was like, for a second, I was thinking you said that wrong, but yeah, no, it has really been 15 years. And I think that, I i don't know, that's kind of an interesting, we'll have to see, maybe maybe we'll get uh, Seth McClung on the podcast. He, I know he's interacted out with us a, a few times on Twitter. Maybe he'll mm-hmm. give this episode a listen when we tweet out that he's our, our random player of the day in honor of, of his nephew, Mac. And we'll see if we can get Seth McClung on here. That'd be, that would be fun. And uh, he was a, a, definitely a Brewer for both of us growing up. And like you said, part mm-hmm. of that 2018. So Seth McClung, our random player of the day. Very fitting, of course, with Mac winning the slam dunk contest. Uh, We're going to throw our trivia question to the end of the podcast and jump right into, I think, the most important topic here. Everyone's been talking about it. Brewers fans, of course, but really baseball fans. um, All talking about Corbin Burns, his arbitration case with the Brewers. Uh, Of course, for those that aren't familiar, essentially the player uh, or their agent, who they choose to have them represent them. talk with the team to determine what they're going to get paid for next year. Majority of the time, David, was it 80 90% plus maybe that that are settled um, just between the two parties essentially talking. Yeah, essentially talking just between those two, two parties, they can come to an agreement. And in the rare case, then you go to arbitration where you essentially, I guess the easiest way to explain it. Again, I'm sure most of you are familiar, but you've essentially got each side um, pretty much has a lawyer, somebody representing them. Um, arguing to an arbitrator to determine who's right, who who, mm-hmm. who 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 can make a stronger case, and the bigger thing to know there is they can't they can't split the difference, so mm-hmm. one side has to win. Um, and so we're talking about a difference here of less than a million dollars, correct between between Burns and the Brewers?
1: Yeah, seven hundred forty k. Although Burns had mentioned that they were cl- as close as about three hundred k away before the arbitration deadline a couple weeks ago. So when we say seven hundred forty thousand apart, those were those were the two figures that were exchanged, but in negotiations they were a little bit closer than that.
0: Got it, got it. And of course, like I said, I, I'm sure many of you have already heard. But of course, Brewers winning the arbitration case, meaning that the Brewers don't have to pay Burns as much. Burns wasn't happy, which is pretty common. Of course, they they're getting paid less. I think we could all agree why why they wouldn't be happy. But also, I think it, it says something to them about how the organization feels about them. And of course Burns being quite public about the fact that according to him, the Brewers blamed uh, the Brewers missing the playoffs uh, on a little bit of a fall off in his performance late in the year, whether that's a valid case or not, it sounds like that's the angle the Brewers took on it and, and won. So Burns seemed to be hurt by it. I feel like there's a lot to be taken down on it. Like you said, I, I I think it's good to know we're talking about less than a million dollars, which I know a million dollars is, is not insignificant, but we're also talking about the Brewers. We're talking about major league baseball. Mark Atanasio. so I guess let's start with this. David, does it does it really matter um, that the Brewers did this, uh, that they did, you know, make Corbin Burns seemingly pretty upset about this? Because in the end, the Brewers do have a little perhaps extra payroll that now they've got close to another million dollars to be able to sign somebody else. Like, does this matter? Uh, what, is this an overreaction from Burns? What was, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, we did sign Justin Wilson. So <laughs> maybe that's where they spent the extra uh, savings they had.
0: Or maybe maybe like a, a $10 beverage credit next there next year. There we go. There yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Doug Malvin, Mabble, Bobblehead. Sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think the biggest thing is it seems like now there's really no hope that the Brewers re-sign him or, or sign him to an, a long-term extension. And I think it was already unlikely, but I think this is kind of the almost the nail in the coffin to the prospect of the Brewers extending Burns, which is a difficult pill to swallow for Brewers fans. I think that's the biggest reason why there's been as much public outrage as there has been. Um, You never know with an extension, like, you never know if there's going to be a chance that they were going to sign him, but it seems like the Brewers had kind of already thought that they weren't going to re-sign him to an extension. So they their intention was to get him for as low of a cost as possible for this year and for next year. Because they don't plan on extending him, it's not really going to matter in terms of their relationship long term. Um, some teams feel like taking a player to arbitration is more of a last resort option. And that's actually the more traditional view is you really don't try to take players to arbitration. But the Brewers are not like that. They kind of shifted when Stearns took over. The Astros were a notoriously cutthroat organization and and fairly impersonal. Stearns came from that organization and kind of brought that to Milwaukee, unfortunately. So the Brewers have more taken that stance. I think as recently as eight or nine years ago, there was a year where there were no arbitration cases. There were 19 this year. It's a little more common now. But also, Burns seems to have taken the loss in arbitration and some of the comments a little bit more seriously and a little bit harder than others. I was reading some of the other comments that players were making Ryan Helsley of the Cardinals. He, he said, yeah, I was disappointed. It was, it was a little bit difficult to hear the things that were said, but at the end of the day, I'm already making $2 million and I'm grateful for the opportunity to still play baseball and make a good living with that. Max Fried said, yeah, I mean, it was a little disappointing, but if the Braves give me a good extension offer, I'm gonna take it. So those seem to be very different than the way Burns took it. Now, were those cases different than what Burns was? We don't know. Nobody um, that we're aware of sat on all sat in on all three of them. But the way that Burns took it, uh, the way that the Brewers handled it, um, I don't know. Does it does it matter as a fan? Yes and no, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, and I, I think, I mean, when it comes to the extension, I think maybe first let's look at what would what would something like, you know, what would a player like Corbin Burns command, uh, I mean, if he were to hit the market now or if the Brewers were going to try to extend him. I mean, he's been a, a top five pitcher back-to-back seasons. He hasn't really been hurt, per se, for the last two years, so he's been durable and very good. I, I believe he did. He increase his innings this year as well from last year. Right. 34. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right. Um, so, I mean, a lot of positive things going in, in, in his favor right now. Uh, we're talking about significant money. Uh, you floated Garrett Cole at one point uh, previously before we talked about the podcast on on a, a, a comparable as far as what he might looking to get. But we're probably talking in the 300 plus million for a Corbin Burns extension. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think if he hit the open market, that Garrett Cole would be the best comparison. That was four years ago, and Cole got nine years, 324. I think Burns might be entering free agency a year older than Cole did, but pretty it was pretty similar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's so, I, I'm, I would say I, I I agree with you. I I don't think it's likely the Brewers are going to spend 300 plus million on a guy like Burns. I don't think the Brewers would spend 300 plus million on a pitcher ever, at least the current state of the organization. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. That's true. But I think, but I, but I think pitcher especially, like I see Mm -hmm. even if we had a Christian Yelich esque opportunity as a pitcher, I'm not sure the Brewers would make the same deal just because the Brewers are so, analytical risk averse based mm-hmm. when it comes to longer contracts that I think that I think the Brewers will have a hard time ever signing a long-term big deal from a pitcher. We haven't seen them. Jeff Supon. Um We haven't seen the Matt Garza, Kyle Loesch, like partly because we, we tried to like, before we were scared of it. So we were like, let's just get the guys who are like the second tier at the time. Not, 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 not say that Matt Garza, Jeff Supon, and Kyle Loesch were second tier pitchers. They were not. But at the time when they signed him, Let's get the second tier pitcher, pay him less than the, you know, the the, the top of the line, frontline rotation guys got. And and then the Brewers saw the results of that, which was they, they got burned by them and they were a whole bunch of bad mm-hmm. signings. So I, I I just don't see the Brewers having a huge, huge contract to a pitcher. And if they were gonna do that, we have two prime examples, two prime candidates for that, of course, in Burns and Corbin, or excuse me, Burns and Woodruff. And I agree at this point, I I think it's unlikely that the Brewers were going to, and I, I have to believe that there was little doubt over whether they were going to, because like you said, we're talking about relatively small numbers when it comes to the Brewers organization. So if they thought there was any chance that the Brewers were going to extend Burns or wanted to keep a stronger relationship, if Burns is right in saying 300 to 400,000, even call it half a million dollars, like that's a drop in the bucket. If you talk about, we might try to extend Corbin Burns for seven more years like mm-hmm. half a million dollars, give the, give the man the half a million. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully he is still happy in Milwaukee and maybe we can work out a deal and, and save make, make back that half a million in being able to extend him. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it looks good on, it definitely doesn't look good on the Brewers organization. Um, there's certainly been some things in the past, even Josh Hader. I know he lost an arbitration case. and I think they, they uh, kind of painted on him not having saves, which maybe that played into his, Desire later in his Brewers career to say I'm I'm closing games and I'm getting saves because he mm-hmm. realized that that's where the money was maybe um, which is and,
1: true but it's I mean it's there's like if the Brewers decide that they want don't want him to close and then they use that against him
0: yeah right I mean, and I, that's yeah right you mean, think right. about from hater's perspective and then obviously we saw the Lorenzo Cain situation what he what he said about the Brewers organization. After he left, um, and there, there were, there's been some other cases. I think, uh, David, you have maybe some other cases where the Brewers organization, I don't know, there, there's been some questionable decisions.
1: Yeah, I mean, even Stern's resigning. I mean, who, who knows exactly what that was about? It's possible that was some sort of baseball operations related thing. Um, it's not like it couldn't be the case that he just wanted to spend more time with his family or wanted something else. But also, we don't really see people get to the pinnacle of of that um that profession. You're the the president of baseball operations. The Brewers treated him really well, at least from the outside and in terms of mm-hmm. promoting his title, giving him um pay increases, giving him extensions. So that's what made it pretty surprising also, if it was really about um not about his his family time. There was Luke Barker, the minor leaguer who Got called up for one game and then got sent down. Um, then tours UCL needed Tommy John surgery and then they released him pretty much right after that, which is is technically legal, but you don't really do that. They weren't even going to pay for his, or they were going to outsource his rehab because that was required. But um, but they didn't even offer to re-sign him or anything, which is usually a courtesy if if there are those sort of procedures. And, and Luke Barker was upset about that. Um, there have just been a number of kind of organizational dysfunctions over the past few years. That makes you think about are the Brewers like, where are they really as an organization? Um, Even think about like Thames being upset with his option being declined. And then they went after Justin smoke. I mean, Thames didn't really have a good year either, but Mm -hmm. he was coming off a, a good year. Like at what point, does does the the priority on the numbers and what makes analytical sense like at what point does that affect the winning where the players aren't able to play to their best because that's affecting the players i don't know where that line is but it seems like that could be there could be some sort of dysfunction with the brewers
0: yeah i think we'd be we'd be selling it short if we only talked about the extension and the half a million dollars the brewer saved in in having the option to potentially resign or extend burn burns like you said there's the team morale Uh, corbin burns was not happy about what happened um there certainly leaves a sour taste in his mouth with the organization and does that rub off on on other players or his performance this year do i think corbin burns is all of a sudden gonna go out there and perform poorly next year purely because of that no but do we get half a million dollars worth of performance, less. I, I don't know. Maybe uh, we, you're never going to know that, but or or just the team chemistry and morale from the organization. If Kane felt the way that he did, Burns clearly felt feels the way that he does now. Hayter made the comment like maybe there are other players as well, and maybe that's something that we don't necessarily know about, but is going on in the clubhouse. But I think one thing I haven't seen a lot on this. Maybe final question, then we'll move off of the Burns topic. But Corbin Burns, you know, like you shared with with Max Fried. Ryan Hesley and some of the others, uh, what they shared, which is a, tends to be a more traditional, I guess, response to losing the arbitration case. Kind of, oh, well, we're hoping to win, but I'm going to go out, put my head down and compete. Burns had a very different response, of course, was much more public with it. Did you feel like that was the right thing for him to say, is that a bad move for the clubhouse because it does make the Brewers look bad? What was your thoughts on that, like I said? And then we'll, we'll jump uh, to our next topic.
1: There's part of me that thinks it was unprofessional to go into – Detail. It's kind of an unwritten rule that you don't really go into contract negotiations one way or another. I know Judge got upset with Brian Cashman for giving some details to the media about the the extension offer they gave him last spring. Burns went into details about the arbitration case that would be falling under the the, the under the the umbrella of contract negotiations and and arbitration. So I don't know that that's the best move. But I think that if it were just the arbitration case that Burns was upset about, I don't know that he would go into detail about what was said, but I think it might be more revealing of his, his dissatisfaction with the Brewers organization. I think he potentially is still, maybe, maybe he's not upset still about the hater trade, but he still feels slighted. Like the Brewers aren't truly trying to win Um, comment are the brewers like they say that the best way to win the world series is to put consistently put together a team that wins 85 to 90 games or is that just a team that brings in the most profit i -hmm. think it probably is the team that brings in the most profit or the, the way to bring in the most profit and do the players feel that way i know eric lauer was unhappy with that and eric lauer said he felt like the team wasn't really committed to winning Hater didn't feel like the team was really, truly committed to winning. It seemed like Burns might feel that way now. And that might be what sparked some of his comments as well. It just came out with him, this being maybe the biggest, kind of the tip of the iceberg. And so while he didn't say all the other things he was dissatisfied with, um, this these comments were made in part because of the other dissatisfactions he has with mm-hmm. the organization. Of course i don't know exactly i haven't asked corbin burns myself but i think that's certainly
0: possible the straw that broke the camel's back mm-hmm. that, 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 i think that's what you were looking for but mm-hmm. if sure we can get seth mcclung on you know, the podcast we maybe him. well yeah we'll get we'll get corbin burns uh on the podcast as well okay might as well so I'll test. all right all right sounds good yeah hit him up on hit him up on on ig all right so enough corbin burns talk uh, you can find plenty more discussion on that. I I do think it's kind of an interesting one. Um, I think rightfully so. There was a lot to talk about with that. So Brewers, newest, excuse me, newest Brewer, uh, Brian Anderson, which hasn't been super new um, since the Brewers signed him. uh, Like we talked about with our hiatus here away from the podcast, but Brewers signing Brian Anderson. David, can you give us a quick rundown who Brian Anderson is? Uh, Of course, beyond the announcer got to point out the obvious one there as well. Mm
1: -hmm. Which by the way, Brian Anderson, the announcer uh, got to announce the, the skills challenge and the, the dunk contest and the NBA all-star game this weekend. So I don't, I don't know if he's done that before, but he's,
0: yeah. up. I
1: feel like he's one of the like top five biggest broadcasters in the country right now. Uh, but anyways, we can talk about the other Brian Anderson now. Um, so I, I actually prepared this a long time ago, but I, I figured we were going to talk about what Brian Anderson brings to the Brewers. But I didn't know exactly where to go with it. So I decided to write an acrostic poem about what Brian Anderson brings to the Brewers. Um, so I was just, just his name, Brian Anderson. Um, and I'll just go through all of them and then we can break down a couple of them. Maybe at the end, he bats and throws right-handed runs. Okay. He's the, he's in the 53rd percentile for sprint speed infielder and outfielder. He plays third base and right field. Arm is very good. 99th percentile, actually, in arm strength. Never left the Marlins until this year. I think it was five years that he spent with the Marlins. Above average hitter. He is a 105 OPS plus for his career, which means 5% above average. No major awards has he ever won. Defensively below average, especially in terms of range. His arm kind of makes up for his lack of range. So he ends up being closer to average, but... Traditional defense or or range, he's a little below average. He's excellent at getting hit by pitches. He's 15th in MLB since 2018 with 48 hit by pitches. Reverse split, so he hits right-handed pitching, better than left-handed pitching. Strikes out a lot, but walks a lot also. OPS of 750 for his career. Newest brewer, which I guess he's not the newest brewer anymore. That'd be Justin Wilson, but we're going to count it anyways.
0: Close enough. He was at one point the newest brewer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there we have it. There's our, our, our rundown of uh, an acrostic poem. I'm guessing nobody else has written an acrostic poem about Brian Anderson. Um, so uh, Brian Anderson, if you're listening to this podcast, I I would imagine you feel honored because I doubt anyone's ever written you a, an acrostic poem. And that was actually a good rundown of uh, essentially the player that he's been just to add a few more uh, a few more notes, like you said, spent his whole career with Miami, had a couple of uh, really solid years, with them and certainly I think that's obviously what the Brewers see in the potential for him debuting in 2017 with the Marlins uh 2018 2019 and 2020 being his best offensive years OPS of 757 811 810 um had some you know really solid years offensively for the Marlins in those years 2021 2022 uh, slightly below average offensively also uh, didn't play any full season, any full seasons either the last two years. So Brewer's are hoping he can stay healthy, perform closer to that 2018, 2019, 2020 level. And do you see him slotting in as our everyday third baseman, or I sh- maybe I should say opening day third baseman and Luis Urias moving to second with that uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, n- numerous depth guys, Abraham Toro, Mike Brasso. Um, I'm forgetting the other Bryce Turing, uh the other infielders that we've got kind of in that, Let's throw a couple of these guys at the wall and see who sticks going into the year.
1: Whether or not he starts on opening day, I'm not sure. But he's going to be squarely in that mix. I would anticipate him probably getting about 110 games in with the Brewers this year. Not not quite an everyday player, but a, a, a most-of-the-time player. I'm not really sure what you would call that because part-time would be 60, most mostly, Time, what is it? Time. What's
0: it called when it's like the uh, uh, strong side of the platoon? He's not really—he's not going to be like a traditional platoon player, but like True. strong side of the platoon, kind True. of. I guess.
1: True. I, so I think he'll he'll bounce between third base and right. With the way that the Brewers, um, but the way the Brewers position players are set up, there's a lot of positional versatility. It sounds like Sal Frelick is starting out in AAA, so they probably will break camp with Yelich Mitchell, um. Tyrone Taylor and Brian Anderson as the main outfielders. So I would guess that they'll have Anderson play a good amount of right. That'll probably decrease if or when Freilich comes up. Maybe Weimer comes up too. And then in, in the infield, he'll probably play some third base with Urias playing second. I don't know if the plan is for Turing to start uh, in in open, on opening day or, or not. And that kind of, I think, is the, the biggest factor in terms of how much playing time Anderson gets to begin with, because if the Brewers want 2 to get at-bats at second every day, then Urias is going to get at-bats almost every day at third. Then it's just going to really be right field for Anderson. So I think that the biggest wild card is, is 2 but I would anticipate him probably playing 100, 110 games this year.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think it does come down to, like you said, a, a lot of other kind of dominoes that will impact the amount of playing time that he gets. But I I think there's a chance that he could be um, an underrated addition to the lineup, um, ba- probably back end of the lineup type of bat. But even if we get some close to that 2018-19-20 value, uh, maybe we don't get the same 110 OPS plus in this year. But even if we get an average hitter, I mean, at third base with a I guess, an okay defender and an average hitter. There's definitely some value in that. And he mm-hmm. provides some upside as well. So I, it's, to me, I thought it was an underrated move. I think the Brewers offseason take out the Corbin Burns drama. I think it's been a – definitely, I think, a positive offseason. Obviously, Contreras being the biggest piece the Brewers added. But it, going into the offseason, if you would have told me the Brewers made the moves they made, I would have been surprised. And I think that the addition of both Contreras and Winker – In the lineup, I think we'll continue to bolster the offense alongside the Brian Anderson edition.
1: It's funny that you you brought up it being a net positive. So I we were talking a little bit before the the show, but I'm I'm gonna launch a substack where I write articles uh for the barrel here. Uh coming probably pretty soon within the next week or two. But one of the articles that I wrote that'll come out right away is the Brewers made a number of of moves this offseason, but was it a net positive? And I kind of went back and forth, and um I won't totally spoil the article, so go check it out. but in short, I basically said that the the net whether it's net positive or net negative won't really be how Jesse Winker plays or William Contreras plays or Colton Wong in Seattle or how they play, but there are some other players that will be kind of how the the rest of the roster around those acquisitions shakes out might determine whether it's a net positive or a net negative uh, because it was kind of inconclusive it's not like they had a, an offseason where they went out and added two key players they didn't add yelich and kane they didn't add justin smoke ryan healy and eric so um, <laughs> i mean i, I pieces, but they also lost some
0: yeah they did but i would say i i actually i think Contreras and Winker are two key bats, two key, two key play, two key players. I, I would put them. I'm not going to put them in the Kane Yelich category. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, I'm not going to say they added two stars, but I, I think they added two key players. And like I said, they lost some players. I'm not going to go read the article if you want to read the full breakdown. But I, I do actually. I, I'm actually pretty pleased with the Brewers, like where they were start of the start of the offseason to where they are now, and I think they'll also throw the caveat that. We're still what twenty million under payroll at the moment.
1: Yeah, that also that also is a big factor. Does that mean that the Brewers are going to spend at the trade deadline, or are they just going to sit on their hands and yeah go trade for Trevor Rosenthal again?
0: Jokam Soria, get that veteran reliever. Joke <laughs> Jokam <them>, Noah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that, to me. That's the biggest caveat. If they do nothing, okay, then I can see the case. If the Brewers. Go on, get another lefty reliever, make a couple other marginal moves. Then I, I'm pretty happy with the offseason. But I think where that extra 20 million goes, whether it's beverage credits or Mark Atanasio's pocket, I guess, is, is kind of the maybe, maybe a uh,
1: revamp the ceiling
0: experience. Yes, yes, absolutely. That 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 seems to make sense to me. Definitely not Corbin Burns, uh, additional arbitration money. No, no, all right, so. Number three here, final topic here, a couple of, uh, I guess, housekeeping notes on some injuries, but also some of those being a little bit more um, dramatic and having some potential impact. So, David, run down quick for us an update on injuries.
1: Yeah, a couple notes in the first couple days of camp with injuries. Aaron Ashby is going to be out at least a couple of months with a shoulder inflammation. The Brewers weren't too specific on what exactly is going on with his shoulder. Well, I guess inflammation. (laughs) It seems like usually you don't, when you have shoulder inflammation, you don't just know off the bat that you'll be out a couple of months, Mm -hmm. but perhaps they're just playing it safe with him. Or maybe they they think there might be more to it than just shoulder inflammation. He did deal with, I think, some shoulder issues late last year. So it's not, it's not new, but the brewers are going to play. it a little bit safe with him. Ashby will be probably out then until at least June so he wasn't going to be a starter. Um, they are going to be down down to just Hobie Milner probably as the lone left-hander in the bullpen to start the year. Uh, we mentioned they signed Justin Wilson, the veteran lefty, but he'll be out for the first half of the year. So they signed him for the second half, I guess. Basically, Trevor Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, I mean, it'll it'll give one more spot in the bullpen for a guy like Javi Guerra, Gus Varland, Bryce Wilson, one of the guys that's out of options fighting for a bullpen spot. And then Jason Alexander's out until May. He had a shoulder injury as well. And, I mean, it's something to note, but <laughs> he wasn't going to make the roster out of spring training. So, hes I mean, it's crazy. He was like the sixth or seventh starter last year. Now he's like the 10th because he probably yeah. is behind. Well, I guess Ashby down, um, is down, but he's probably behind. Bryce Wilson, too, and Tyson Miller even might be ahead of Alexander on the depth chart. So Alexander's out for some time, but shouldn't really change the Brewers' plans.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It is unfortunate, though, Ashby will be out till June. That's, that is a loss, even mm-hmm. though, like you said, it's not a we're not losing one of our frontline starters. It's definitely a loss, um, and yeah, to the start of the year, but still, several months, so We'll see uh, the brew, how the Brewer structure, and I guess the Wade Miley signing already looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, adding the depth, I think we have a different, I think different conversation around the impact that that has with the, without the Brewers having Wade Miley um, in the rotation. So, all right. So as we close here, our name that player. So today's trivia question is going to be a name that player for those that haven't been around for one of these. Basically, I give David five clues. He has the option to make a guess at the end of each of the five clues. And at the end, I will reveal the correct answer so you can play along with you, play along with us as we go through this. So our first clue for today's Name That Player is this player appeared for the Brewers in 2022. So we've got a recent Brewer here who was on, uh, who appeared last year. So one of what, 61 or something players that played for the Brewers last year? Something like that. Yeah, I, I still make
1: a guess right after every. Yeah, you
0: you, you can if you yeah. want to pull out a miracle here.
1: Yandel mm. Gustave,
0: that is incorrect. Should have gone with Christian Yelich just to <laughs> the
1: obvious. One. Um,
0: there we go. So our, it is not Yandel Gustave. Not a bad guess. Um, so first clue again played appeared for the Brewers in 2022. Second clue, this person appeared as a pitcher for the Brewers in 2022, and in the past has. Played for the Rangers, Rockies, uh, Twins, and then played for the Brewers. Uh, Those are the teams that he had played for before his time with the Brewers. David, you have one guess here, and then, uh, again, I will reveal the answer at the end.
1: You said he was a pitcher, right? Correct. Rangers, Rockies.
0: Three, two, one.
1: Uh, Jake McGee. All
0: right. Jake McGee, all right. Jake McGee is the second guess. Uh so again, twenty twenty-two Brewers pitcher before his time with the Brewers, played with the Rangers, Rockies and Twins. Like I said, this pitcher appeared in four games for the Brewers. Uh two games started and two games mm-hmm. out of the pen. Eleven innings, twelve go. hits, eight runs, eight earned runs. David's uh, nodding his head in confidence. Uh who is your guess?
1: Well, do you remember the game he started against the Blue Jays, it was a Sunday. I think it was Corbin Burns' bobblehead, and they were wearing the City Connect uniforms. And he allowed a – I think he allowed a four spot in the first, and then Jose Barrios allowed like a five spot in the bottom of the first and then another three in the second. Um, and the Brewers won the game pretty handily. I remember sitting through – I think it was a rain delay we were having at my, my uh, summer ball game, watching it on my phone. Um, and I was with a Blue Jays fan, actually. And he was not too happy with the way Barrios was pitching. Uh, but I believe Chichi Gonzalez is the answer. Who I forget was a Brewer.
0: Yes, Chichi Gonzalez. I, I guess I'll just ruin it and, and say yes, since you were so confident on that one. The answer to the name of that player is Chichi Gonzalez. Chichi Gonzalez actually a first round pick by the Rangers mm-hmm. back in 2010. Um, a while back out of high school, high school pitcher, first round pick, um, hasn't exactly amounted to a whole lot uh, in his brief stint, of course with the Brewers, um, hasn't appeared in more than 18 games in a single season across um, his his career that started in 2015 in the big leagues. So finished last year with the Yankees. I actually don't even know if he is with the team at the moment, but as a career ERA of 5.87 and somehow managed to start on the Brewers rotation. If you think about like the 2021 Brewers rotation and then the 2022 Brewers rotation and the fact that Jason Alexander and Chichi Gonzalez got as many starts as they did, it's a little bit, a little bit sad, and hopefully the uh, the Wade Miley edition and the the other depth we have in the rotation will help mm-hmm. solve that that issue and not have that happen again. But Chichi Gonzalez, you are today's name that player. If you are as well, also listening along, uh, congr- <laughs> congrats! You probably <laughs> turned the episode
1: off. <laughs> We'd have quite the listenership if we got if we got Seth McClung, Brian <laughs> Brian Anderson, and Chi-Chi Gonzalez.
0: You forgot. You forgot the the minor one there. Corbin Burns. We also threw in oh, there yeah. uh, as well. But if well, Chi-Chi Gonzalez yeah. was listening to this, I pro- he probably would have turned it off. Uh, we may see like a one star review coming through <laughs> shortly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I did hear that they uh play this throughout all the MLB clubhouses. Yeah. Every naturally every, every other Monday morning when it drops.
0: Yeah, they, uh, absolutely. They
1: all tune in.
0: Yeah, Corbin <laughs> Burns texted you that probably. Yeah, he did. Yeah, okay, I figured, I figured. So as we wrap up here today, our random player of the day, of course, Seth McClung, in honor of his nephew, Mac. Uh, Corbin Burns, much to talk about, much to debate on the arbitration case. And I, I think it's pretty fair to say that the Brewers are not going to extend Corbin Burns uh, based off of based off of what we've seen from that. Of course, Brewers signing, Brian Anderson, we briefly touched on the Justin Wilson addition, which David is also oh excited about. And then our final topic, just on those injuries, of course, Aaron Ashby, the big one out until June. So with that, we will be back next week. Uh, and probably more often as the Brewer Spring Training has already begun. And before we know it, we'll find ourselves at opening day, um, and plenty to cover. So appreciate you taking the time to listen to the, the, uh, podcast episode here as always, David and I always have a blast recording these and getting these prepped, uh, David, any final thoughts here before we go today?
1: You always put me on the spot with these final thoughts. <laughs> I used to always have one. Um, used to have one like uh, prepared for it. I just acted like they were spontaneous. Like I just pulled it out of thin air. But I guess I'll have to do that right now.
0: Here, here you go. I, I, I'll i pull you one have, up.
1: You have a final thought for me? I
0: have, I have a final thought for you because I've got Jody Garrett's baseball reference page pulled up because be, for some reason. I have my final thought. I, yeah, go start. You know, I was, I was looking at Brian Anderson, which took me to similar player, Casey McGee, mm. which I was, which like made sense, third baseman. Mm-hmm. And then somehow similar player, Jody Garrett was in there, which I didn't, I mean, I guess outfielder, but I, I'm not really sure the, uh, the, the ties beyond that, beyond the fact that they're both outfielders. Um, but that took me to, uh, to Jody Garrett, who was drafted by the Rockies in the second round and, uh, Ended with a career wins above replacement of 7.2, 262 right. batting average, 59 home runs. Also played for the Brewers. Also had the walk-up song, My Love. Or no, Your Love. Your Love. Right? I think Your Love, I think. yeah.
1: If he was a I Brewer, think so. Brewers backup outfielder in that era, probably. I I'd say Colorado Yeah, yeah, Inglit. I do, I do remember one time it was he was on second with two outs, and I forget who it was, but someone hit a single. And it was not hit that hard. And Garrett was supposed to be a fast runner, and Garrett got thrown out at home. And we were very upset that he got thrown at ho- out at home, especially <laughs> with two outs when you're supposed to be going with the pitch.
0: Exactly. I but know. he didn't Unbelievable. Hit for the cycle, so That is Brewer's
1: true. Illustrious list of players who would fit for the cycle.
0: Yeah. I actually didn't realize that he ended his career at the Brewers. 09-2010 were his two last years. Yeah, um, remember you kind of got around. that big
1: uh, farewell tour. They were giving him oh, yeah. <laughs> gifts at
0: every stadium. First 58 OPS plus 2020 season with the Brewers. <laughs> All right. Well, there's our, our final thoughts for you today. Ghost written by none other than your host, Peter Go. Uh We will be back, like I said, next week uh, to talk more Brewers baseball, World Baseball Classic starting soon. Um, I'm sure there'll be many more to come. And, uh, yeah, we, we've always got to random topics to come up with. Um, watching all things Milwaukee Brewers. So, Brewers fans, thanks for listening. And as always, this is Peter and David Go signing off. Go Brewers! Thank you for listening to the Barrel Banter. We'd appreciate it if you leave a comment or a review so we can get the word out about our show. To hear more, find us on YouTube at the Barrel or on Twitter at the Barrel MKE. We look forward to connecting with you next time.